Welcome back to Talk of the Town on 99.7 and 1450 WHTC on WHTC.com and on the WHTC app for your smartphone. Once again, here's your host, Gary Stevens. Welcome back to Talk of the Town for this Thursday, January 11th. Tomorrow, Amazon MGM Studios will unveil a new movie about one man's brutal campaign for vengeance, taking on national stakes after it's revealed he's a former operative of a powerful and clandestine organization known as Beekeepers. But we're not going to talk about that type of beekeepers this morning. We are going to talk to men who are actual beekeepers. That means our friends from Holland Bees, Jack Hartman, Don Lamb. Gentlemen, Happy New Year to both of you. Thank you. Same to you. If you have a question about our friends, the bees, and even our enemies, the wasps and the hornets, uh, they'll be happy to answer it. It's 616-395-1450. 616-395-1450. On a January 11th wintry day, what do you think the bees are doing right now? (laughs) They're shivering, trying to stay warm. It's been a good year for them. Uh, The weather has been very good for beekeeping. Uh, Bees have been able to uh, move out a few times. They uh, compete well in the hive. And they haven't had a lot of cold weather that causes them to use up their stored food service, food uh, supplies. However, Jack, I think they're, you know, the time for them to start huddling is here when we have temperatures back to what we should be in January, where in 20, when, when, it, when 20 above is a heat wave. <laughs> <clears throat> they adapt very quickly. And uh, after all, they've done it for a lot of times, a lot of years. The key is to keep the queen uh, keep the, the queen warm. Keep the keep the queen warm. Yes, they keep the core of the cluster, which is their home, their cluster. They'll maintain a temperature of about eighty-five degrees in there, eighty to eighty-five degrees inside and that cluster. Normally, what you find up. Uh, uh, both of you being, of course, a professional in the case of you, Don, uh, but also, you know, you, Jack, uh, 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 being a skilled beekeeper, for the most part, you have shelters provided for them. But where would they be if they were, say, wild bees? Where, they would, they, they, where would be the most likely habitat for them to be in, no pun intended, uh, during the winter months? There's two major places. Bee trees, hollow trees is that, and then in the walls of buildings and old houses and places like that. They have to be where it's dry. They've got to have something dry. And, of course, they established that last summer and filled it with their stores of honey and provided all they need to last through the winter, providing that certain things don't happen. They don't get wet. Uh, they need to be dry. When you mention inside walls, it's more for, in, like, say, a home wall, or could they be, say, in a garage? Uh, more in a home because not all garages have two walls. 
they have to have be enclosed. Oh, I'm just thinking, you know, a garage yeah. that, mm-hmm. you know, yes, the vehicle oh, yes. goes in, the vehicle We've goes away. Many of them out of garage walls. Sure. Okay. And, uh, and barns. Barns, outbuildings, yeah. Yeah, you name it. It's, uh, when will they start moving yeah. around? When will they start moving out? Not until the temperature gets above 45. Degrees. On a regular basis? Uh, so, uh, so, in other words, say we have, you know, and it does happen around these parts where the temperature might go up to, like, say, 42, 43, 44, maybe even over 45 for a day or two, then it falls back down. Could that fool the bees? During At 45, if it went to 50, then they would be out. You would see them coming and going from the high. But uh, you know, They could be fooled. I mean, in other words, it might be 50 or 52 for a couple of days, and all of a sudden it That's sinks right. back down. Or for a couple of hours. Okay. so but, but there's a reason for it. The reason they want to come out is they don't, Go to the bathroom inside the hive. <laughs> and yes. So those days we love a January thaw or a February thaw because that gives the bees even half a day to get out and hoop them, their little bottoms off to yeah. do yeah. that outside. Cleansing flights, we call that. Mm-hmm. And uh, we really look forward to them. They're really healthy for the bees. What What's what's breeding for them? Uh, do they have a specific breeding season or not really? Um. Well, they're very inactive this time of the year, so obviously none of that's going on this time of the year. Their busiest reproductive season is probably early May and June when the hive that they're living in gets so crowded that half of them decide to leave, start a new place, and the ones that are left behind raise a new queen and start all over again. So yeah. that's the time of the year when most of that happens. It can happen all summer, but the, the busiest time is, is that time period early May to June. Okay, just... Just sort of uh, off-season questions more than anything else. They, If you have a question for uh, the beekeepers, Don Lamb, Jack Hartman, 616-395-1450, 616-395-1450, and an opportunity for you to enjoy what is a good hobby for many. For some, it's a livelihood. Um, is coming up in February. I'm going to talk a little bit about that in a few moments. There are a few things I wanted to uh, uh, bring up with uh, the beekeepers. Uh, a sort of uh, humorous stories we've had over the last few months. Um, you talk about heat. Um, 85, I think, Jack, you said that you want they, they want to keep the, the core of the high That's at right. 85 That's right. in the winter. Mm-hmm. Does it get too hot sometimes? Not so much in the winter. But can it be too hot for the bees? Yes, it can. And at that time, then they go out of the hive. They actually fan air up through the, circulate air through the hive okay. during the hot weather just yeah. as well. And they use bring in moisture to bring, increase the humidity. Okay. The reason why I brought that up, Jack, is the fact that we had a story back uh, in August. Uh, many, might, many may recall that in August there was bad heat in the American Southwest. And an an entomologist down in Phoenix was concerned because the heat in Arizona, well, bees can forage up to 113 degrees, but Arizona had many days soar over that, and experts were worried about the increasing number of dead honeybees vital to the ecosystem Arizona beekeeper adds the heat is melting the bees' homes and other bee colonies are attacking them because of food scarcity. 
when, when the temperatures got to that point, you have a number of questions. The, the bees exit the hive to cool off and pump air up through. But we have trouble with the comb sagging when it gets so soft. There's a number of things. That's a rarity. That's uh, not a common thing, but it does happen. And it, it's a stress on the bees, no doubt about it. Okay. Uh, and it's actual temperature heat is concerned. Humidity, does that play a factor in it? Or uh, not really? The humidity isn't as much as the, the high constant temperature. Okay. Or the melting of the wax and sagging of the wax. Okay. Um, and humidity would be a factor if they're trying to air condition the high, which they do, or if they're trying to um, distill the honey down to the pure form that they're trying to do. Then humidity is a problem. Um, Jack alludes to the fact that they sit outside the hive, it gets too hot. They're just like sitting on the front porch. And too much heat can be a problem. But you alluded to something else in that question that you asked, and that is when the heat gets that high, the flowers stop blooming and the nectar is no longer available. The food source is gone. So that entomologist was talking about the heat itself and also the scarcity of food. And we experienced that here in Michigan too last year in August. It was so hot with no rain for the longest time that the honey that the bees had stored up, they had to begin eating because they couldn't get more food to come in. So we saw um, a hive that was 100 pounds one week was down to 75 pounds the next week because the bees had to eat that food instead of foraging and finding new food. And we were really happy last summer when it started raining and the flowers start doing their things again. You know, some people say less rain, less mosquitoes, but we need more rain to keep the bees happy. That's right. Well, you can't win either way, <laughs> I suppose. The bees actually gather honey. That's actually the moisture out of the blossom. That's the nectar that's in the blossom of the flower. And when it's so dry, there's not that nectar there. If you have a question for beekeepers Jack Hartman, whom you just heard, and Don Lamb, they'll be happy to answer it at 616-395-1450, 616-395-1450. One more general question, then we'll talk a little bit about an upcoming meeting over at the Howard Miller Community Center in Zealand next month. Uh, a story from back uh, 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 this summer, a long, uh, uh, hold it, just, I, I have the wrong story here. Uh, I want to get it just right. Um, a story out of Mass Springfield, Massachusetts. A woman is being charged after releasing a swarm of bees on deputies attempting to serve an eviction notice. Uh, this woman was among a group of protesters at a Springfield home when officers arrived to serve eviction papers to the property owner. While wearing a beekeeper suit, the suspect released bees on the deputies from hives kept in a trailer that she was towing. The resulting swarm caused officers to temporarily retreat. Several were stung. The uh, suspect was eventually handcuffed, and while being led to the cruiser, said, You're allergic? Good! After hearing that some of the officers stung had bee allergies. Uh, by the way, the suspect pleaded not guilty to felony charges of assault and battery with a dangerous weapon and was released on bail, the weapon being the bees. <laughs> I guess the deputies better sign up for the course that the Ottawa County is offering right now for <laughs> adverse conditions like that. Let me pose a little bit more serious question along those lines. I think both of you explained to us one time that for the most part, honeybees 
If you leave them alone, they'll leave you alone. Exactly. So how does a how could a beekeeper have bees do what the story in Massachusetts did? <laughs> what she probably did was opened up a hive and took out what I call furniture inside there, a comb of uh, honeycomb, covered with bees, and went over and shook it on the deputies. So she actually took the bees out of the beehive. She's wearing a bee suit, so she wouldn't be bothered, and gave that frame that a good shake and the bees that were on that, which would have, could have been several thousand, onto the deputies, and they flew around and didn't know who was the culprit and just stung whoever happened to come along. So in other words, it wasn't a, it's not a case of a beekeeper grooming bees to be hostile. No, 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 no. Quite the contrary. Okay. And honeybees could do that. I mean, I just, of course, our friends, the bees, and our enemies, the hornets and the wasps. But hornets and wasps has an aggressive sense to them. Yeah, and honeybees actually have been trained to find landmines. They uh, have trained them with food, of course that the food in the landmine smells similarly, and they'll send them out in a war zone and have them find landmines that are hiding underneath. So they are trainable in that sense. But when the, when honeybees honey bees attack you, they're actually protecting their area or their home. That's their only defense, is being able to sting somebody interrupting them. That's one thing about being defensive. And defending themselves. It's another to be uh, an assertive or an aggressive Aggressive, right. So uh, you insect. Sit next to a clover blossom and watch the bees work and there's no harm done. Um, but uh, a yellow jacket or a bald-faced hornet might look at you and say, well, we're going to sting him just for the fun of it. <laughs> so um, along that line, though, um, we used to uh, trailer honeybees around for pollination purposes. And more than once we've been stopped at midnight hauling a trailer with a pickup truck through a field by the officers wondering what's going on. But I've noticed that they never stay very long once they find their live bees on that trailer. They say, have a good evening, guys, and we'll see you next time. Just make sure you're not breaking any laws. That's right. Don, tell us a little bit about a meeting coming up on Saturday, February 10th at the Howard Miller Center in Zealand dealing with knowing how to be a beekeeper and maybe getting involved in this hobby. We call it Beekeeping 101 or Beekeeping Boot Camp. It's uh, designed for folks who have an interest in beekeeping. <coughs> it's a school that um, a chance to just uh, have some good presenters that will describe all the different parts of it, uh, all the way from equipment to uh, diseases to honey production, all those kinds of things that you need to know about as you raise bees. And uh, we've held this on um, school every springtime, I think, for about the last 10 years. And it's just a great way to get started. When people come to us and ask us how to get started in beekeeping, we always start from the educational side. We say, take classes, read things online, read books, uh, prepare yourself so that when you do have the bees, you know how to take care of them. You know how to do a good job with them. You know how to be successful. And this school is set up and geared for that. Now, before... I go much further. This is a school as a fee to, to be participating. We'll talk about that, but it is a limited space availability, and it's getting close to being uh, a, a full capacity. That's correct. I think the capacity is about 150 people 
I looked at the online registration this morning, and the, the note was that we're getting full. So if anybody is interested, I would say sign up immediately. You can always cancel out if you need to. There'll be other folks waiting to take your spot. But if you're half interested, sign up right away because it will fill up. Last year, we turned away uh, 35, 40 people who couldn't be there. And we're a larger venue this year, so we can hold more people. But again, I see it's almost full. So um, I would say don't, don't tarry. What's one of the biggest things that people can draw from a meeting such as this? They can come into the meeting knowing almost nothing about beekeeping. And when they exit at the end of the day, they are pretty much prepared to start out. They've got the good working knowledge. They know where they need to go from there. They know how to get equipment. They know where to get bees. They know what to look for. And uh, it's just uh, much more uh, educated and secure in starting out. Now, along those lines, it is one thing just the pleasure of watching bees in action. Because there is. You know, you know, if you've seen some of these um, nature shows where, yeah, they have the camera zoomed up, and maybe you can't see them as close in live person as maybe a camera could zoom up to to see the bees doing their work inside the hive and the queen and all that. But still, there's also a practical purpose as well for keeping bees, isn't there, Don? Well, the obvious one is honey production. A lot of people say, well, I want a little bit of honey from the hive. I want to have the fun of having them and then get some um, honey from them. We look at it from the pollination side, the, uh, the service that they do for the environment they live in. A third of our food would disappear if we didn't have our pollinators. And bees play a major part in that. So we have a number of people come to say, well, I just want to help out the environment, help out the, the pollinator population, and so I'm going to keep bees. I'm going to ask a silly question, Don and Jack. And you can put me in my place if you want. Uh, that's fine. How do you get the honey out of the hive? <laughs> How do you get the honey out of the hive without getting stung? Because oh, after oh, all, oh. it's the bees' honey. You know, you're stealing from them to a certain extent, aren't you? You were okay until you added that sting part. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the simple answer is there uh, Frames of honeycomb inside the hive, and we take those frames out, cut the wax cap off from it, put it in a centrifuge, and, and spin it around, and we got the honey. There are ways of getting the bees out of the boxes before we harvest, and we can do that relatively painlessly and uh, efficiently. So, <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah. Don Lamb, who's been doing it for how many years, can do it you know, painlessly and efficiently. Is that almost like a, a, a badge of honor? You know, like uh, the dueling scar of, uh, a, of a century or so ago. You know, well, uh, did you get a dueling, you know, haven't you got your dueling scar yet? Well, there, there, there's a story behind this because when I work with Jack, he's one of those macho types. He doesn't wear a veil or gloves. Now, we remember that Jack is 91 years old and he learned that way back in the other century. Okay. And so when I work with him, I try to work that way, but I get stung. He doesn't, so. <laughs> but he knows something he, he knows, knows he's got he's got to deal with them <laughs> but uh, i tell down that i take him along to use him for bait oh, so i'll go okay. after him and then i can go ahead and work without any trouble <laughs> but realistically when we get to that stage and we are robbing the bees um, we do dress up we do put protective clothing on because um, we're disturbing their home and they don't realize we're taking the honey they can't think that way but they realize that we are disturbing them, and they want to come along and say, don't do that. So, I like the subject of the keynote address from Kim Wood on the 
February 10th meeting. No mistakes, only lessons. (laughs) (laughs) And I've heard another speaker along the same lines use the word fail. First attempt in learning. We love it because there is so much to know about bees. They're so much fun. They're so addicting, but they're also challenging. And uh, that's the point of the school. Now, as for your subject, are you trying to tell people how to put bees? You know, put bees in a box. <laughs> Package bees. <laughs> Package bees. Uh, one of the things beekeepers have to do is not only buy the wooden box that the bees live in, but they have to get bees from somewhere. Oh. And um, we are able to buy packages full of bees from a southern uh, location because they spring before we do. So a package bees is really a wooden box with screens on it with 10,000 bees in it and a queen waiting to be installed in the colony. And Ooh. my presentation in the afternoon is just to show how that industry works. Make sure to instruct the FedEx or the UPS <laughs> or the Amazon driver, don't disturb the box <laughs> or they'll be, feel, they'll feel the sting. We actually bring in them in with an air conditioned <laughs> semi truck. But I have mailed them out of the Holland Post Office. Mm. And that's always kind of fun because you hand a box to the postal clerk with 10,000 bees in it. They're always a little timid when you do that. Oh, is this a a box that, you know, in this day and age of, you know, anti-terrorism thing, you know, is there a a harmful, (laughs) something harmful in it? You could say, yeah, 10,000 bees. (laughs) Yowzers. the box is screened so they can see the bees. Ooh. I mean, they're right. They can put their fingers against the bees' feet. Uh, excuse me. I <laughs> You sure that's a foot and not a stinger? Okay. Uh, <laughs> this meeting for Saturday the 10th at the Howard Miller Community Center starts at 730 in the morning. Uh, there'll be a lunch break. It ends at 430 in the afternoon. Um, there'll be drawer prizes, Q&A, and all that. Um and the costs are reasonable. Uh, how can people get involved? I would assume go to the Holland Area Beekeeper Association website at hollandbees.org. Right. That's the quick and easy. And uh, the registration there is on there this morning, and you just have to fill out a form and pay for it in some way or another, and you're, you're good to go. All right. If you want more information, not only on this February 10th affair over at the Howard Miller Community Center, but also about the Holland Beekeeper, Holland Area Beekeepers Association, I will direct you to the website, hollandbees.org. Hollandbees.org. Or contact either Jack or me. Uh, we have the numbers here, and you can call us, uh, and we'll pass it on. Uh, of course, Don also is a commercial uh, 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 person in that regard, and his website is Don Lamb Bees, D-O-N-L-A-M. B-E-E-S, DonLambees.com. Jack Hartman, Don Lamb, gentlemen, thank you for joining us today, having some fun with our friends, the bees. We wish you well on the event on the 10th of February and uh, look forward to chatting with you again this spring. Thank you, sir. Thank you. We appreciate it. Thank you very much, Don Lamb, Jack Hartman on 99.7, 1450 WHTC. 
CBS News with Steve Kathan straight ahead, followed by WHTC News. And then we will be having our Wellspring program as Sarah, uh, as Meredith Scortenborough will be chatting with urologist Dr. Jonathan Bolthouse. We'll also have Barb Visser's Evergreen Commons report before WHTC Midday Report at the bottom of the hour. Here on 99.7 and 1450 WHTC. Mm-hmm.